Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. All right, we turn two this week. Happy second birthday to us. And to celebrate, I wanted to bring on a very, very special guest. Regular listeners of the podcast know that Simple Minds is one of my top ten favorite bands of all time. And that production partner Jan Mann is Scottish, lives in Scotland. So this week we are hugely honored to bring on the drummer of Simple Minds, Mel Gaynor. Now, Mel is in the process of working on his first ever solo album right now. It's due to come out later in the year. A couple of singles have actually already been released. I highly encourage you to check them out on iTunes or whatever. One of them is even a cover of Addicted to Love that features vocals by Robert Palmer. Now, Robert is no longer with us. That's how long this has been gestating and Mel has been working on it. So it's finally getting worked on now. In fact, he mentions in here the possibility of a U.S. tour. That would be huge. I think this is a pretty revealing conversation, actually, because sometimes he's a member of Simple Minds and sometimes he isn't. And it sounds like even he isn't quite sure why and when sometimes Jim Kerr and Charlie Burchill call, and sometimes they don't. I got to admit, I had to fight the urge to go deep on this conversation. I could have easily gone album by album, song by song. I didn't do that out of respect to him. And just in case there's, you know, some bad vibes there, I don't know. But maybe next time, maybe later in the year when the album comes out, we can do a part two and go really deep on his whole career, especially inside and out of Simple Minds. He didn't have a ton of time this time. So to make up for it, instead, we we stuff this thing with with Simple Minds songs. So if you're a fan, hopefully you hear a bunch of stuff you love. If you're not a fan, hopefully you realize the error of your ways, okay? He's one of my favorite musicians of all time. This was a very meaningful conversation to me. Huge thanks to Robin Clark, our guest last year, who sort of primed the pump for this. When he and I spoke, he was actually in Belgium working on his new album. Mel, you're one of my favorite people who've ever lived. I'm so thankful okay, for thank you. talking to me. Thank you so much. Now, first of all, I just think it's really fascinating that you're starting a solo career now. Have you been thinking about this for a long time? What's well, do you know what? I've been thinking about this for the last 20 years. And um, <laughs> it, it's only now I've had the material and the courage to come out and do it. I mean, it's it's been a long-term thing, um, like I said, for 20 years. And uh, it's, it's, it's now the right moment to just bring everything out. I've got a kind of slight break without without uh, simple minds you know i've got this great material together got a great situation together got a great band together a uh, great manager so great it's a great it's a great time to get out and prove or show what i can that i can do uh-huh. apart from simple minds no kidding so i've heard your addicted to love cover mm-hmm. which is so mm-hmm. good
How did you, are you taking a, like an unused Robert Palmer vocal for that? Um, no, How actually Robert coming, uh, came and guested with me on that single. That was around whew, 10 years ago. Oh, really? It was, it was, yeah, it was a track that we, we recorded soon after I'd done his, uh, his tour. And I said, I want to do a version of Addicted. And he's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, wow. okay. And he said, uh, you know, maybe I should come and sing in it with you. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so he kindly offered to sing on the on the track with me. And he, yeah, he sung, okay. sung the second verse with, with me on that. That's crazy. And um, it was it's a real honor, real honor to do yeah. that with him because, uh, you know, he's one of my idols and I, 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 I really? knew him as a, as a personal friend. And uh, it was just great vibe to, to actually to sing with him on that record. Wow. Now, what yeah. makes Robert Palmer an idol for you? I, I've, I've always liked him, but I've just, in the last couple of years, really started to get into all of his albums and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I, back from the early influence. stuff, back through Sneaking Sally Through the Alley, I mean, I was always yeah. a fan of him. You know, I always loved, you know, looking for clues and all that sort of stuff. So I kind of yeah. followed him as an avid fan, as it were. Uh-huh. And when I got to the, the chance to, to actually play with him, it was, uh, you know, it was a match made in heaven. I've still got live recorded performances on my DAT player, which, uh, oh, wow. which uh, you know, and and it's just, it's, yeah. it, it's, it just sounds so great. And not oh, only that, God. you know, I, I know some of the other guys as well, like the bass player and the guitarist, who are known as musicians in their own right. So hopefully when I get to this, because I'm going to be recording in the States, so hopefully when I get to the States, I can persuade these guys to come over and, uh-huh. and sing with me. <laughs> nice. And to play with me. So Nice. I think it'll be. Playing, uh, oh, go ahead. Go, on, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, do you? I, I don't. Are you even playing drums? Because at, at the end of that video for "Addicted to Love," it says someone else is playing drums. Yeah, I, I didn't play drums on that. I didn't play drums on 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 any recordings apart from. Oh, do you mean what on the um, on my version? Yeah, on your version. Yeah, no, on my version, it was the actual producer who played drums on it. Oh, interesting. Uh, because because he he had an angle to 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 uh, to play it and to record it. So I think okay, you do it. You know, I'm not I'm uh-huh. not I'm not precious about that. You know, if somebody wants wow. to play, then let them play. That's great. You know, it's uh, I'm I'm realizing as you're saying this. You know, there's people out there who can who can hear like one note of a guitar and know exactly who's playing. And I'm not always I'm really into music, but I'm not that smart. But you are one of the most distinctive drummers that I know of. And well, thank you fact, very much. Uh, well, there's no one that sounds quite like you. And except, and it's so funny, I've been thinking about this lately, getting ready to talk to you. The only other drummer who I think hits with as much power as you do would have been Tony Thompson, who played yeah, well, drums. Yeah, we, we're actually compared. Yeah, we're compared. We're compared a lot. Wow. And funny enough, there's another comparison which I didn't re- actually realize as well. Another really close friend to me was uh, uh, I call him LL Lee Langton. He's actually um, uh, oh. my good my good friend and confidant. Yeah. 
Um, he, he says I play a, li- a lot like Carmen Lepiche. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I can hear that, too. That's just uh, – lately I've just been thinking, man, it's you and Tony Thompson to me in my in my mind that no one hits harder than you two do. And so right, the true. fact that you're covering him, in a, that's a full circle moment. That's really wild. <laughs> so, so let me ask you then, is this a situation kind of like – George Harrison in the Beatles, where he wasn't feeling like in his in the Beatles he was getting to express himself, and he had kind of a stockpile of songs that he had been singing and writing and working on, and that's where All Things Must Pass comes out. Is this is this a thing where you're like, I wish I could get more into a Simple Minds album somewhere. I'm just going to put out a solo album with all the stuff I've been holding on to all these years. Kind of. It kind of is, but... Okay. And some. You know, okay. It, I, okay. I think I think the comparison between myself and uh, not not to not to put me in the same same level, but the comparison sure. between myself and Phil Collins about how Phil Collins mm. felt about Genesis. Yeah, I think it's the same okay. the same sort of thing situation. Got it. Okay. And probably okay. probably the same thing with Peter Gabriel as well. Yeah. You know, it's this true. it's this work. You know, this this body of work that I've got. You know, I think that I can. Well, I know that I can go out and perform it. You know, and, and do as good good a job as any. Absolutely. So, what's the timeline then on your? It sounds like this solo album's been gestating for a while, but it's finally kind of getting near the end. When do you suppose that's going to come out? Well, the solo album's actually going to come out towards the end of September. Funny enough, we're going to be recording it in LA. Oh. We we've just signed a deal with uh, M and O Records. That's going to be coming out. Uh, yeah, like I said, the end of September. But we've got an imminent release for the single, Far From Home, which is going to be coming out towards the end of April. mentioned having a break from Simple Minds right now. I know that they've put out the acoustic album, I think, mm-hmm. last year, and I don't believe you're even on that. What's the no. What goes into the thinking behind... Because to me, I'll be honest, if I know... It's not completely Simple Minds unless you're there. And so what goes into when you play, when you don't play? Is it up to you? Is it up to Charlie and Jim? When, what's the Well, I guess it's up to Charlie and Jim. I mean... Um... You know they they pretty much got the the the, the, the reins on the band, yeah, so it's down yeah. to them to decide what do. goes on. But I mean, you know, okay. that's that's the the long and the short of it. But 
I'm not going to say too much more about this whole situation okay. because so it is what it is, you know, and they're, they're okay. getting on and doing it. So, you know, what what can I say? I mean, um, okay. myself you, and Andy, uh, the keyboard player, are not part of it. So, Okay. I did think the acoustic album was sort of an odd choice to put out right now, but, I mean, are you... Well, what do you think of it? What's your honest opinion? Uh, I think it's a fun thing that I've listened to a couple of times and probably won't pull out very often. It's one of those things that's sort of almost kind of unnecessary, you know? Like, it's uh, cool. it's not... I love Simple Minds so much that I will... I enjoy anything and everything they do, but I just think that big music was such a grand statement of returning Graffiti Soul was amazing. To follow all this, it sounds like this kind of wave of renewed creativity with acoustic, which is fine, but it's almost like a, it's like a tossed off, let's just do this for fun and then get back to the, I hope that's what they're thinking anyway. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going to happen. That's pretty much what's okay. going to happen. 
Okay. Are you coming back at some point to play with them, or are you just sort of yeah uh, towards the end of towards the end of the year, uh, beginning of okay. next year, I'll be back with them. How did you even get to join Simple Minds in the first place? Uh, I got to join Simple Minds on the New Gold Dream album, and they they wanted a replacement for their drummer, and I I, I went in as a session player. And really? From, yeah, were they still from, based in Glasgow at that time? Yes, I believe they were. Yeah. Okay. So you're. So once in, I was in, so once I was in there as a session player, um, okay. then they decided to recruit me as a as a full band member. Okay. Wow. And who knew then what what kind of a ride you would be going on for the next ten years or so, right? Absolutely. So I'm just going to be honest. Again, I, as I've said, Simple Minds are top ten favorite bands of all time for me. In fact. Yeah. Once a year yeah. or so, I go back through and listen to all of their albums in order. Yeah. Because I just yeah. think it's such an interesting yeah. uh, progression of sound. It's touching everything. And yeah. What do you think? What's at the heart? How? What motivates this change? Because when around the time you came on, they were transferring from a very specific kind of band to a completely different kind of band. Yeah, well, they went from kind of a new wave. Band yeah. to uh, a stadium rock band. Yeah. Exactly. So the transition probably happened between New Gold Dream and Once Upon a Time. Sparkle. Yeah. Sparkle in the Rain, I think, is probably my favorite album out there. You probably loved working with Steve Lillywhite. No one recorded oh, yeah. drums like Steve Well, I mean, I went, on to, right? I, went on to, I went on to play a lot of sessions with Steve Lillywhite. He booked me for Did a lot of really? stuff after that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no we one, we really no hit it off, so it was it was fantastic. It was that makes fantastic. sense. Yeah. So was that when you're? I mean, you're granted you're a new member of the band, and as we've said, it, it's really Jim and Charlie running the show, which is oh. fine. Were you privy to conversations between them or as band as a band against management or whatever, where it was saying we want to evolve into a bigger stadium rock? outfit was that a calculated move was it well it's, it was getting towards a, it was getting towards yeah it was getting towards maybe more of a a rockier sound because i okay. brought the rock element in the rock funk element yeah you in. sure did so yeah it was it, that was a kind of um synopsis or the embryo behind what okay. happened later on and i think we obviously at that time we were, we were playing a lot more in the states and sounding more like a soulful rock yeah. band than a, than a new wave. Very much so. Yeah. I just wondered if that was a conscious decision. Like, we, uh, you know, we want, we want to fill stadiums. We want more. We want this to get as big as we can get it. Let's kind of change up our sound. Or if it was like, you know, I'm here, I have a, you hear about people who, like Brian Wilson has a song in his head and he's chasing that song and he wants to, he wants to get that sound out. I wondered if that was kind of more what was happening to them, just following. Well, no, I think I think it was just more or, more or less like at that time it was more of a band, uh, a band sound. And okay. Everybody was, was I got throwing, it. Okay. In, throwing in their their kind of token idea got to it. what the band okay. should sound like. So it was a kind of evolution of the band members at that time. That makes sense. And you, uh, you know, and it just, oh, it just, ahead. it just, it just actually, from say, sparkling the rain times, it is more experimental, mm -hmm. it is more bombastic, 
and um, you know everybody wanted to hear that big bombastic sound. True. And yeah. uh, you know it's it's pretty much let's say a band sound as opposed to you know one person steering it or two people steering it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Now, do you have the same conflicted feelings about "Don't You Forget About Me" that Jim and Charlie seem to? Not at all. I mean, I think their conflicted feelings is just that they didn't write it, and so for something you didn't write, which is so one of your biggest singles, yeah. for me it's not a problem. But for them, they have a pride, I guess. Yeah. You know, I, right. I still I still feel great playing that track. You know, on Good. on on stage every every night. It's something which is which is special. So, you know, why not yeah, relish absolutely. it? Why why go against it? That's my feeling. It's that's my feeling too. And you know, it's one of those special songs that never gets old. It no. never it's never dated. It's it's nostal it's sentimental and nostalgic for the people who grew up with it. And because it's never gone away, it continues to touch something in younger generations even now. It's that's an anthem, right. you know, that's and you right. guys get to be the people who get to play that anthem. Exactly. I always wonder, uh, yeah, I, and there's a, it's not like that's the only good song Simple Minds have. They have, you know, hundreds of them. So I've always mm. thought, you know, just embrace the fact that you got this great song. Maybe in America, I mean, I know you guys, do you think you'll ever play America again? What's the well, deal? I hope so. What do we got to do to get you here? Because the, the last the last Billboard Awards, I thought there'd be a buzz on, on promoters wanting to book us. Uh-huh. Didn't happen. Really? Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know pretty much the ins and outs of Simple Minds Affairs because it's uh-huh. all handled by the management. Sure. But, you know, I was surprised that the, the management didn't invite any agents over to witness, Great. not only witness this event, but to, to yeah. you know, to cash in on this event because it's, you know, that that event was, was a big thing. We had, you know, yeah. national television and um we should have we should have you know uh, I, I, I think i think you know um monopolize on on what went on at that time yeah boy that really shocks me i listened to an interview with jim it's been about 3 or 4 years ago now it was an old one and he was talking about how some promoters have been talking have tried to put together package tours simple minds and tears for fears or something mm. like that but it never quite gets off the ground and I just think, how can that be? I mean, I've gone... Well, to, the, the I, reason I, for that is probably is Tears for Fears don't need us. Well, you know what's funny? You say that. They just announced they're touring with Hall & Oates this summer. And I think, well, why why not have Simple Minds open that show or something? I saw Tears for Fears two or three years ago with the B-52s and Berlin. And I thought, you don't even... I mean, I like B-52s and Berlin, but... Let's get Simple Minds and Tears for Fears out there on like a big package tour, you know? Uh, or you guys uh. could open. I mean, I don't know if maybe there's an apprehension to be lumped in with any kind of nostalgia. Not that these are nostalgia tours, but if it feels at all like we have to go out and play eight hits that everyone knows and then get off the stage, maybe there's a maybe they just don't yeah, want to. Yeah, do I, I, I don't know. know. I don't know the politics anymore. Okay. Um, okay. I think. We just come back from Australia with the B fifty twos. It done very well. It's very well received. I heard so, about that. You know, it can be done. All I'm really concentrating on at the moment is is for me to get over to the states. Yeah. And to and to and to start touring with my band. 
So are you, is that part of the plan when you put out the solo album and everything, you think you'll be able to hit, do some state dates? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm yes. ready and waiting. Oh, yes. I'm ready oh, and waiting. Great. The one and only time I've, I've been able to see Simple Minds. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. And mm -hmm. at the time, bands just didn't come through there very often. And the right. one time they did come through, it was for good news from the next world, and you weren't even playing. That's and right. So I, <laughs> and it, it was very strange. Bush, the the grunge band Bush, opened for Simple Minds that oh, night. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very strange mm -hmm. night. But anyway, it was... Uh, that was my one and only chance to see you guys, and I didn't even get to see you. I've always been bummed about that. So can I ask you some kind of nerdy questions maybe sure. about Simple Minds? Sure. What, uh, whatever, why did Derek Forbes leave? Whew. I don't think he was leaving. I think he was pushed out, to be quite, per oh. to, to be quite honest. I think he was, uh, okay. he was asked politely to, to, to move on. Mm. That's too bad. He's another one yeah. that I've been trying to talk to. I just That old sound, I love it. And another thing, when you, this is going back to you, before, did you play with Orange Juice? I did. I Are played in their single, it Rip It Up. I'm on that, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I love it. I'm sorry I've got him nerding out on you like this. That's okay. But, um, <laughs> okay, I have one more nerdy Simple Minds question for you. What happened with Our Secrets Are the Same? Uh, I wasn't involved in that project. That was, uh, You're that not? was some. I no. thought you came back. No, that, I came, came back. I came back. I think you did I, something on Neapolis, right? I'd done something in Neapolis and then went away again, and then I think Jim's brother played on that. Ah, okay. okay uh, and then I came back again for what was after that? Cry. Cry. I didn't. I wasn't on Cry. Then I came you back were? after Cry. Oh, okay. Are you? You're not on Neon Lights then either. The cover. No. Album? No. Okay. Okay. But you're on Black and White Graffiti. Soul. Absolutely. From Black and White, okay. I was back. Okay. Great. So during those years away, what motivates you? What does, what makes you decide you want to leave, and what do you do during those times? Well, during those times, I can't remember what I was doing during those times. I think I was more a clinician. Okay. And concentrating on the on the jazz fusion aspect. Oh, really? At that time, yeah, and also at that time, I had a studio in London. Oh. Which is a commercial studio, so. Okay. I was probably concentrating on those things. And then uh, okay. after that, I came back into the fold. Interesting. Yeah. I Like I said, I it's never completely simple minds unless you're there. And I thought you played on all of Neopolis, which I think is one of the better unsung 
Simple Minds album. So it's a really great album, and it gets lost in the shuffle. But I believe mm. you just played on War Babies. Is that right? That's right. That's right. See the white clouds rolling. Spirits lying next to me. Catch the wildfire falling. It's a wound that never bleeds. Hear the sirens calling. Spinning out the shore. Okay, one other question. I had uh, Robin Clark on here last year. She uh, is just about the loveliest lady ever. She's lovely. So great. Yep. Oh. She's the best. And uh, you and I, in fact, first corresponded a little bit back then, but we're finally doing it now. Do you happen to know what um, went into the decision of only really having Robin around for the Once Upon a Time album? I'm not sure what happened. I, I don't think Robin was available for the rest of the stuff mm, okay um, i don't think she was available and i think that's what what the decision was there because okay. she uh i think she was just contracted for the once upon a time thing and okay. then after okay. that she wasn't required i don't know why yeah but uh, i think that okay. was that was the situation okay it felt like you guys kind of lost, you just acquired this worldwide fame and then sort of lost some momentum because it took Yeah, a, I think we lost the while. momentum over, over over good news. Uh not good news. Um uh um, street fighting years. Street fighting years because street fighting years was pretty much a concept album. Mainstream commercial album, and no. well, just before that, there was Live in the City of Light, yeah, um, which was a good move, um, yeah, 
And that side is really great. You know, after that, you know, we coming out with a concept album, I don't think it was the right idea. When my love said to me, meet me down by the gallow tree. For it's sad news I bring About this old town and all that it's offering Some say troubles abound Someday soon they're gonna pull the old town down One day we'll Belfast child sings again Brother, sisters, where are you now? As I look for you right through the crowd I always wanted that too. In yeah. fact, I've always thought I, I'm a big fan of Real Life. I think that's a yeah. really excellent album, and you yeah, especially yeah, yeah. sound great on that album. Thank and you I always much. thought if Real Life followed Once Upon a Time, if those two albums were reversed, yeah. things might have been different. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like Real Life absolutely. feels like a continuation of the Once Upon a Time sound. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
I want to hear some of your coolest stories. I want to hear like when you, whatever they might be, the, what are some of the memories or the, that just stand out, whether they be really good shows or meeting people that are musical heroes of yours. I mean, what are some of the just mind blowing things that are in your Well, I mean, the, the big standout, some of the big standout things is when we first played Wembley stadium and then you seen your entire family at the top of the tier, you know, looking at you and, my family's quite large, so it blocked out quite a few seats. And when you we walk out on Wembley Stadium, you hear the roar of the crowd, and you see your family up there looking at you. Like I said, it was just very emotional for me. Yeah. Um, so that was a highlight in my life. The other highlight was JFK with Live Aid. Oh, uh, that sure. was a, that was a great uh, great moment, purely yeah. because there were so many people in uh, in the states who were our heroes. That was a phenomenal day. Playing some of the Nelson Mandela shows, you know, yeah. and playing with that collection of fantastic artists on stage, such as Peter Gabriel, and oh, yeah. um, you know, the list is endless. You know, yeah. Little yeah, Stephen, Lou Reed, all those people on stage. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. So um, there, there was a few standout moments, but um, yeah, certainly, certainly, other artists. I've uh, a lot of artists that yeah. Played in that event I played with you. Well, you played with uh, Elton John, right? That's well, right. Fire and Ice, I think is the name of that album. Yeah, Ice, Ice and Fire. Fire. How did yeah. you get involved with that? He just requested me. I think he phoned really? the office and said, uh, you know, Mel Gaynor to play drums. So I did it. Same with Tina Turner. it for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, yeah. you yep. getting calls that yep. legends want Mel mm-hmm. Gaynor on their album. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, was there a moment when you kind of, when things switched where you went from maybe like a struggling musician or a musician who's trying to kind of arrive or make it happen to where you're like, I, I know th- I, I've made it in a way. Made it might be too strong. Well, I don't think, I think, you see, I think people say that, you know, because you've done this, you've done that, you've made it. But I don't think anybody makes it because everybody's striving to do something else which is out of yeah. their reach or, you know, yeah. 
out of their flow. Even you know people like, and they probably don't realise it at the time. I go back to 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 Phil Collins. You know when Phil Collins first started to break as a solo artist, you know he took a great gamble, a huge gamble for for him to do that. Yeah. And when anybody breaks away from a unit which they're familiar with, then um, it's it's a hard process, you know. And it's a yeah. process that you have to have a lot of confidence to um, yeah to break out to do that. You know, it, it it takes it takes a lot of guts. If you sit on your laurels and say, yeah, okay, I've made it. I just want to, you know, not strive for any, everything else. You might as well give up. Uh huh. Yeah. True. That's true. You, if you're a true artist, you're always chasing something, right? That's you right. You still have some yeah. new thing you want to say. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. Now, you've done some work with the Pretenders. That's that right. Through uh, Jim's Chrissy Hind connection? That's right. Are, how involved are you in, um, when you're a member of Simple Minds, are you, because I know you have co-writes on some of the songs, are yeah. you involved in the creation from the ground up, or are you sort of... Well, I mean, not so much anymore. I don't think any any okay. member of the band is anymore. I think it's just down to Jim and Charlie, who are the main yeah. composers. Okay. And that's one okay. reason why I kind of stuck my neck out and, and went for the solo thing, because... Uh, yeah, I thought so. You know, it, it's, um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of in the bag there. But as far as composition-wise, I don't think that's happened for a long time in the band. Andy yeah. actually co-writes with Jim sometimes for some mm. some of the stuff uh, that's been okay. coming up. But I think that's pretty much about it, you know. Okay. One of the things we try to talk about very delicately on here as possible is sort of the money or the business side of things because I think regular people see rock stars and just assume that they live in giant houses on the coast and all everything's peaches and cream, but it's not always like that. You you do have co-writes of like Alive and Kicking and I think Sanctify Yourself and all the things she said. So you're right in there writing the bigger songs from the bigger album of theirs. I mean, could you live off just Alive and Kicking money basically for the rest of your life? Um, I wouldn't say so, no. I think you'd be pretty delusional to to say that you're okay. living off your royalties. Yeah, uh, I think you have to supplement them because you know. Absolutely. It's not like the old days, let's say. 
So, you know, a lot less people are buying CDs, more people are, are, are streaming. A lot of people have probably got the old stuff. So any other new stuff coming out, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of humming yeah. and hiring about. But, you know, pretty much pretty much the old the old stuff, it still sells to some degree, but it doesn't mm-hmm. sell a lot. Yeah. Okay. So the answer to that question is no, you can't really yeah. support yourself yeah. living off uh, the few singles. Okay. okay. All right. I wasn't sure. Some, some people write some big hit and it's, you know, they're set. And granted, it's... Being set is very different. It depends on what kind of a lifestyle you. Well, it depends how many people you have to split it with as well. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. You know, if you if you're writing if you're if you're writing a song which is a solo song, and Uh uh, you you know you're going to keep the you're not going to keep everything. Yeah, yeah, very true. If you were to curate your own Simple Minds concert, you know, and you didn't have to play particular songs, you could play what you wanted. What are some of the songs you pick that you'd want to play? Loving Kicking, Catwalk. Moon, there you go. Um, come a long way. Nice. Swing. Could be the last part or two of us. I say, swing high. Reach out and touch the sky. 
probably more, more of the obscure songs. Yeah, that's why I asked. I thought you might say that. Probably some of the more, more obscure songs. One of the okay. songs, another one that I think showcases you so beautifully is Waterfront. But yep. you've probably played it a million times by now. Yeah, um, that's, that's a great song. that song's so great okay thank you, you know? very much thank you well yeah sure you're that you're the you're a magic ingredient in this whole thing you know <laughs> your sound it's true it's true um when you look back on your career do you have any regrets is there anything that you think oh i wish i had done something different well like you said before i wish i would have come out with a solo concept earlier mm, and not left okay. it so long because the reason for leaving that long is probably confidence because yeah I think as a older gentleman, I think I feel more comfortable and more confident about what I'm, what I, you know, to come out and, and, and sing. But before, yeah. I never had the confidence to do that. Yeah. Um, perhaps mm-hmm. it wasn't the right time, perhaps it wasn't the right situation, but now it is. And uh, But I, I just wish I would have done this 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, you sound great. I mean, you never know, you know, when the drummer wants to put out a solo album. You sound amazing, though. Good for you. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Thank you to all okay. the listeners uh, in your area, and and just tell them I'll be with them soon. So watch out for some future Good. future announcements for gigs. There you have it, Mel Gaynor, one of my favorite musicians of all time. I have to admit, I have a little, I have some conflicted feelings about this one because if you couldn't tell, I I started to go nerdy, and then I had to pull back. And then I couldn't fight it, and I'd go nerdy, and then I'd have to pull back. And I, I should have just picked one or the other. I literally probably could have talked to him for days. That meant a lot to me. Thank you, Mel, for doing that. Uh, and I'm curious if anyone picked up on the connection to our first birthday guest last year. English drummer of a legendary Scottish band. Last year it was Mark Brzecki of Big Country, and this year it's Mel from Simple Minds. I don't know that we can keep that trend going. I don't know any other English drummers of legendary Scottish bands. If you do, tell me, and we'll get the the wheels in motion for our third birthday next year. 
try and keep the tradition going. All right, next week's guest, I'm excited for you to hear this one. He was the front man of a band that was on the, they were just starting to get big around the entire world around 1987, and at the height of it, he bailed. And so we have a conversation around why he bailed, how it affected his other bandmates, um, how he lives to this day. They had one giant hit in the States, a few others in the UK. Anyway, you'll want to come back for this one. I'm excited. In fact, if anyone has a guess of who this might be, drop me a line. Let me know. Uh, so as you all know, the business part, you can find us on Facebook. You can send me a message on there. Please like our page. You can find us on Twitter at The Hustle Pod, or you can send me an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. I've been getting a ton of emails lately, a ton of messages from people who are wanting me to track down guests for you. I'm working on it, and uh, I'm going to start keeping a spreadsheet so that I don't miss anything, and we'll get to work on some of these. Um, huge thanks, as always, to Yan the Man Makevich for working with me on this one. Thanks, buddy, for all you do. We're going to close it out with maybe my favorite song off of the Real Life album, which, as I mentioned in here, is sorely overlooked, if you ask me. This is the title track, Real Life. We will talk to you all next Tuesday. So long, everybody. Sky for the space shuttle screen. Sixteen.